0: welcome to to every generation the broadcast ministry of calvary chapel crossfields located in jamesburg new jersey where we teach through the entire bible verse by verse and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with god
1: so if you have your bibles please open to psalm Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And I hope those were groans of uh, anticipation. <laughs> so, before we get into the actual teaching of it, um, a few things about Psalm 119. It's all about the Bible. It's sort of the Bible's take on the Bible, which is a great thing because, you know, we need to hear what God has to say about his scriptures and not sort of interject our own opinions about it. This psalm teaches us how and why to love God's word, which is so important to us as believers. And it's also designed to help us learn to take his word and live it out. So just not to be hearers of the word only, but to be doers. And this psalm gives us instruction. Um, Many times throughout the Bible, God's word is referred to as his law. You know, and today we kind of think of the law as the great controller over society. You know, government sort of compels us to do things and we have guidelines that we, we need to abide by so that in general society is, you know, is, is a good place to exist, to live. Now God's word or God's law sort of, it, it has those things also, but it offers so much more than just rules, what God's Word does, it also reveals the benefit to us of keeping the law. You know, a lot of times, even in, even in the, uh, the laws of the state, you know, we don't really necessarily know the benefit of it. We just know we're not supposed to do certain things. You know, if we consider them, we should probably find that there is a benefit to many of them. Now, of course, many of the laws that are written are just written, you know, sometimes I think there's too many, laws They're written just so that the the Congress can sort of sustain itself. But there's a benefit, a benefit to obeying God's laws and to knowing God's God's laws. The entirety of the scriptures are designed to heighten our appreciation for the goodness and kindness of God toward us. So as we look through the, the scriptures, we will see his goodness and his kindness revealed to us. Who wrote Psalm 119? Well, Psalm 119 is one of those orphan Psalms, so to speak. It doesn't really have an author uh, attributed or ascribed to it. Um, Some people think that 176 different people wrote one verse each. Uh, Some people think that um, uh, the Jewish leader Ezra wrote Psalm 119. And many commentators believe that it's King David. And you'll see some similarities to uh, David's Psalms in Psalm 119. You'll see some of the things that we've seen throughout the Psalms as we've been studying them that sort of remind us of of King David. Some fast facts about Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. And the Word of God is referenced in at least 170 verses out of the 176 verses. So really, there's no way to avoid the basic, the main theme to this psalm is the Word of God. The main theme to this psalm is the Bible because it's mentioned in at least 170 out of the 176 verses. In size, in length, it's actually longer than 13 entire Old Testament books. And that's interesting. It actually has more verses than 17 entire New Testament books. So it's, it's a big one. So it's larger than 30 of the 66 books in the Bible in its entirety. So nearly half of, um, half of it are, um, are shorter than this psalm. The arrangement of Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is about a dozen acrostic psalms in the, in the Bible. Acrostics, we know in, in, in our day and age, acrostics are sort of word puzzles that help us memorize things, that help us remember. Children were encouraged to memorize Psalm 119, and it was written in that acrostic arrangement. We, we think of... God's grace, and we see an acrostic that we've become familiar with, God's riches at Christ's expense. So we see that's an acrostic, and it refers us back to Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we see God's riches at Christ's expense is grace. Here's another one I like refers to Proverbs 26.20, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. So if you don't feed that f- flame sort of, of gossip, it will go out. So gossip is giving others some strife instead of peace. So you may remember that, and I think it's a good one to remember. Psalm 119's uh, verses are divided into 22 stanzas. If you look in your Bibles, it's probably broken up into verses of eight. With each set of eight verses, a different sort of a a superscript before it. And those uh, indicate the different letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So they're divided into 22 stanzas, one stanza for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Each of the 22 stanzas is comprised of eight verses, and each of the eight verses begins with the same Hebrew letter. So you can see it work, work through in, in groups of eight. The first stanza begins with the first letter of the uh, Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. The second, Beth, and so on, until all 22 letters of the alphabet are used. Um, So, some basic facts about Psalm 119. Some common themes in in Psalm 119. While the theme of treasuring God's word sort of weaves its way throughout the psalm, there are also other themes that are important for us as we study the psalm. Here are the 12 most common sub themes running through Psalm 119. The psalmist's afflictions. So, again, we hear, we're reminded of David, you know, in many of his Psalms, wrote about his afflictions. In verse 28 of Psalm 119, my soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Verse 153, look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. So, notice here where the psalmist gets his strength. He receives his strength from the word of God. We also see God's goodness and mercy running through the psalm. In verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. And verse 68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. When we study the Bible, we discover God's goodness, that's what the psalmist is saying here. Another sub-theme running through Psalm 119, opposition by the wicked towards the psalmist. And we can relate to those things because we sometimes have opposition coming at us as believers. Verse 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. Again, see in the verses the word for the the scriptures. In verse 110, your precepts. In verse 157, testimonies. Each verse that contains those words that refer to, to the holy scriptures. The Bible, what I love about the Bible is it doesn't leave out accounts of adversity and trial and affliction. But it shows us that no matter what, we can't depart from his word. You know, Psalm 110 says, I do not stray from your precepts. Not even if somebody's coming against me, I don't stray. Then another sub-theme, the psalmist's desire to be taught God's word. That should be our desire, to be taught the word of God. Blessed are you, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. You know, some people consider the Bible difficult to learn and difficult to study. And I, I know for, for many of us it is. It still can be. But the Holy Spirit is the one that teaches. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.13, These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, the Holy Spirit will teach us through the word of God. And that's an awesome thing. Then we also see the power, the power of God's word. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. So we see here that that there's power in the Bible. There's power in the word of God. I love verse 11 there. It says, I stored your word up in my heart that I might not sin against you. If if you're struggling with a sin, store up God's word in your heart. That's the best way to to deliver you from the struggles of sin. It says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful, right? And sharper than any two-edged sword. So we see here the power in his word. We also see the longing for God's salvation. You know, the crying out for God to save. My soul longs for your salvation, verse 81. says, I hope in your word. And then in verse 174, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. So, look, look we, we need salvation. We need a savior. And the scriptures point to that Savior, Jesus Christ. The entirety of the Bible points to Jesus and his salvation. It says in John 5.39, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. This is Jesus. And he says, And these are they which testify of me. So the eternal life that we find in the scriptures all point to Jesus Christ. Then we see... Also, the complete trust of the psalmist in God's word. God's word never disappoints us, and it can be trusted in in, in, in an ever-changing world, in a world that's sort of all over the place. We know that we can trust in God's word. Verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So we see here how we can trust in God's word. The psalmist persecution and affliction we see also running through this psalm. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. That sounds kind of strange. Verse 71, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. So what does it say here that we need to view our afflictions and our troubles in a different light, maybe, than we usually view our afflictions and troubles. We need to view them as opportunities for God to teach us something that maybe he couldn't teach us in any other way, other than us going through difficulties. And sometimes that's where we learn the best, is going through trials. I love that. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Something changed in the psalmist's heart because of his troubles. And then we see the purifying quality of God's word. God's word will purify us. In in Ephesians 5, 26, those are verses that really speak of a relationship between a husband and a wife, but it it can be between two believers, how we sanctify one another, It says in verse uh, 26 of Ephesians 5, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That's That's how we purify one another. That's how we become purified. Verse 9 in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. And then in verse 101, I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. So we see here the the purifying effects of the word of God. And then we also see the need to meditate, the need to meditate on God's word. Meditate is to ponder something or to mull it over. Not just to sort of glance at at the scriptures or to just read them for the sake of reading them, but really to meditate upon them. And that's what we should do with, this, with the scriptures. You know, if, we, if we're in uh, um, maybe a devotion or a Bible reading program or something on a daily basis and we have our 15 or 20 minutes of reading, that should, we should mull that over in our minds throughout the day. Meditate on those scriptures. Verse 15 of Psalm 119 says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. In in verse 97, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. See, the psalmist takes that with him throughout his day and just meditates and and, uh, considers the word of God. And then hope, the hope that we receive from God's word. And Notice in these verses the connection between hope and the word of God. Verse 114 says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. And in verse 166, I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. I do your commandments. So the hope that we have in God comes from the knowledge, the trust, and the obedience in his word. And then to delight in God's law. Open my eyes that I may behold God the things out of wondrous things out of your law, delighting in the scriptures. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it, the psalmist says in verse 35. So all these sub-themes running through, all about the word of God, all about the scriptures, all about how important it is to know, to understand, to study, to believe, to trust, to obey, the Word of God. And then, uh, to add to the, you know, the dimension of this psalm, we have the acrostic way that it was designed, we have all of the verses, except maybe about six, that mention the Word of God in some way. There uh, There are eight special words throughout this psalm, eight special words. To the ancient Israelites, these eight words were extremely important but they're important to us too. They tell us how God speaks to us, and they're sort of synonyms for the Bible. So we see throughout this psalm the word law, which is teachings. Now, this was really the word Torah in the Hebrew, and it refers to the first five books of the Old Testament. So we'll see that when that word comes up, we we know that that's the meaning behind it. We see testimonies in Psalm 119. Those are God's standard of conduct for us. Instructions as Christians that help us discern right from wrong. And then we'll see precepts. Those are sort of guidelines to live by. We'll see the word statutes from the root word engrave or inscribe. Sort of the written word of God and enacted laws in in that time. We'll see the word commands used in Psalm 119. Those, these are orders given by authority or God's decrees. We'll see judgment or rules, sort of a binding law or judicial decision. These are all different words used throughout Psalm 119 that refer back to God's uh, holy scriptures. Then we see word or words or promises. A, this is a general term of God's revelation. Anything that God has promised. Then we'll also see sayings. Anything that, uh, it's another way to say word. A way that uh, God speaks to his people to tell us what to do and what not to do. I love this uh, this fact about one Psalm 119 and Uh, When I was doing some of my studying, I was listening to Pastor uh, Chuck Smith uh, teach on this psalm and he mentioned this particular fact, which a lot of commentators mentioned, that um, this bishop, um, George Wishart, the 17th century bishop of Edinburgh, was condemned to death and was led to the scaffold to be executed. But while on the scaffold with a noose around his neck, he invoked a custom that allowed the condemned person to choose one psalm to be sung before being hung. Wishard cunningly chose Psalm 119. Before two-thirds of the psalm was sung, his pardon arrived and his life was spared. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Pastor Chuck said if he chose 117, he'd be a goner by now, because that was only one verse, but he was very smart. You know, I, 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 love, I love that just because it tells of the power in the Word of God. You know, and the, somebody that knew the scriptures, you know, to, to receive that awesome benefit from the Lord. I don't think it was an accident. So instead of attempting to, what we normally do, exposit the scriptures verse by verse... What I'm going to do is I'm going to go over the main themes of the psalm and then refer to the verses that correspond to those themes. And then if we have time, we'll read the psalm in its entirety. It takes 15 minutes to read through from uh, all 176 verses. So one of the main themes, what is the Bible? So we already saw the Bible is purifying. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word, in verse 9. Our daily immersion in the cleansing word of God keeps us from the filth of this world. That's what keeps us pure. In, in, a, in a, a world full of evil and wickedness, we immerse ourselves in the scriptures, and we're, sort of, we're, we're purified from it. The Bible also has, is the most valuable of all of our possessions. Without it, honestly, the rest, of, the rest of life's material things have no meaning. The word of God is our true treasure. And in various verses speak of that. In verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Do we value God's word like that? I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. When we sort of, you know, sometimes uh, we'll call them nuggets, just a great nugget of truth in God's word. When you're reading it, when you're studying it, does, do you sometimes find, f- find like a nugget of truth that maybe you never saw before? Or maybe just was, was really, uh, you know, given a, a meaning that you never were able to relate to before? And that's what God... Word does. It's it's such a treasure for us. What is the Bible? The Bible is our counselor. In verse 24, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Where should we turn for counsel in this world, for guidance, for, for direction? The Word of God. And I believe not just as a last resort, but as a first step in counsel to turn to God's word, the Bible. The Bible also is our most satisfying food. It says in verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You know, we, we love the, the sweets of this world and it's sometimes very tempting, you know, that the things of this world are, um, are put in front of us, but we should receive our nourishment from the word of God instead of the things of this world. Nothing compares. The Bible also is our great inheritance. In, in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thief." Thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do we treasure God's word as our great inheritance, and do we desire to pass it on as we pass on an inheritance to those who come after us? Verse 111, your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. You know, as much as we prepare to pass on our material things? Do we prepare to pass on the word of God to the next generation? The next theme, what does the Bible do? What does the Bible do? The Bible brings blessings. In verses 1 and 2, it says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Who seek him with the whole heart. So we see here that obedience to the, to the word of God, walking in his ways, seeking him will give us, will bring blessings into our life. As we study, read, apply, and share God's word, we are blessed. And, and those, are the, those are some of the things that we just, that the Bible does for us. What does it do? It gives life. The Bible gives life. Several verses tell about the life-giving power of God's word. Verse 25 says, Deleth, my soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. And then in verse 93, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. And we see that when we when we believe in Jesus, we become we receive a new life. We're born again in Christ. In 1 Peter 1.23, it says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So our new life in Christ is through the word of God. That's where we, we receive life. This world can only bring death, but God's word brings Life. It brings us eternal life, yes, life in 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 the ever after with Him for all of eternity, but it also brings abundant life now. You know, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. So we see the word brings life. It also offers us hope hope in a hopeless world. Several verses speak of the hope that we have in the word of God. In verse 81, Cough, my soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. And in verse 147, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for your help. I hope in your word. See, that's where our hope needs to be, in the word of God. What else does the Bible do? It imparts wisdom. It imparts wisdom to us. In verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. You know, how many times do we need, just need really good judgment in this world? We need wisdom to sort of navigate the things of this world. And God's word will give us that. How many times do we say, God, I need direction, I need wisdom through this circumstance. And we go to his word and he'll just speak to us through his word. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. How awesome that is, that God's wisdom is revealed to us through his scriptures. And it also brings comfort. The Bible brings comfort. Verse 50 This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life, the psalmist says. So when we're feeling afflicted, when we're going through trials and tribulations, we go to his word and it brings us comfort. How many times, you know, uh, no matter where where, where we go to a funeral or to a wake, scripture is always read. Why? Because that's the book that brings comfort to people who are hurting. Verse 92, unless your law had been my delight, then I would, I would have perished in my affliction. More than 60 verses in Psalm 119 speak of persecution or trials. But where does the psalmist find refuge? He finds refuge in the word of God. That's where we need to turn in our times of distress also for comfort. The Bible also illuminates our way. This verse was the first verse I ever memorized as a new believer. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I loved that because I just was starting to understand what God's word was all about and it, I needed direction. I needed guidance. I didn't really know where I was going, and I found this verse, and I said, this is going to be my verse. And it just lights your way in front of you. It gives you guidance. Gives you, it illuminates the road ahead. The entrance of your words in verse 130 gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So God's, when we need our way made clear, God's word will direct us with the light of the scriptures. And now, what is our response? We found out what the Bible is. We found out what it does. How do we respond to the scriptures? We're supposed to love the scriptures. We're supposed to love the scriptures. Verses 97 and 159 speak of that. How I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. And then Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments, right? So we show our love for Jesus by loving and obeying his word, don't we? Isn't that the best way to show that we love our Lord? And we're supposed to study the scriptures. Blessed are you, in verse 12, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. God will instruct us when we study the Bible. It should be just part of our daily routine, studying the scriptures. What is our response? We're supposed to memorize the scriptures. Verse 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's a verse to take to memory. When we have God's word in our heart, it helps us navigate this broken world. And there are many different ways, there are many different methods out there to memorizing the scriptures. One of the best that I find is just to read it, read it over and over again. Just continue reading the word and it'll stick in your mind. I use, when I first got, got saved, I use this. You can see it's been through the, the mill. This is... John MacArthur's scripture memory system. It goes onto the computer. It has 52 verses. Each week it changes and the scripture comes up on your screen and then there's little cards in here that you can take with you that you can look at and you can memorize the verses. So by the end of the year, you have 52 verses that you have committed to memory. What I like about what John MacArthur does too, he doesn't just read the scriptures. He gives... It's a, like a little devotion that goes along with each one. So for me, that was really instrumental in starting to memorize different verses and know in context what they meant and how to, how to then apply them to my life. What is our response? We're supposed to meditate on the scriptures. The, the word here is sayak. That's what meditate is. To put forth, to muse, to ponder. And uh, other, other definitions are to germinate or flourish. I love that. To put forth shoots or buds. I feel like it's telling me that when we meditate on God's word, it's his way of showing us that we're going to produce fruit for him. That we're going we're to we're flourish because we're meditating on his word and we're supposed to obey the scriptures. If you're still in, in, in uh, Psalm 119, if we didn't lose you here, the first eight verses speak of obedience to the word of God. It says Aleph, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do, not, do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn of your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. And so we see that in those eight verses to walk, keep, seek, look, and learn the Bible, and that that should be our response to the scriptures. It should be evident, not just by our words, but in our actions, that we're in the Bible. We're supposed to declare the scriptures to others. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. In verse 26, I have declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. So, We sort of live our life out as Bible students, as Bible believers in this world so people see. And that's how we declare the scriptures to others. If people see us living out the Bible, they will see Christ in us. And that's really the true reason that we should desire to know the scriptures so that we can live them. We can see here that even by its sheer length that this psalm which extols the scriptures has been given a great degree of importance. What is our response? It's to take it and to live it out. Our obedience to God's word shows others how we how highly we regard it and how seriously we desire to walk in a way that pleases him. You know, we're living in a time where the Bible's not taken very seriously or it's it's mocked and some Christians don't take the Bible seriously some Christians don't study their Bibles don't read their Bibles and that's a sad thing in in times past people would memorize entire passages of the scriptures even Psalm 119 was was a passage in the scriptures that was was set to memory by many people in the past. So what do we do? We take the Bible and we delight in it, we long for it, we love it, we seek it, we take comfort in it, we rejoice in it, we cling to it, we trust it, hope in it, believe it, learn it, meditate on it, know it, and keep it. And how awesome it is that we have the scriptures at our disposal. You know, many people in this world don't have the scriptures, and we have it in all different ways, on the computer, on our phones. We have the old-fashioned paper kind that you hear rustling back and forth in the seats. Let's not take that for granted. Let's take the word of God and, and apply it, read it, study it, meditate it, live it out. And um, if, we, if, we had, if we had time... I don't know, what do you think? Should we read through Psalm 119 together? Yeah, let's go for it. Aleph, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look at all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. O, oh, do not forsake me utterly. Beth. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. O, oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O oh Lord, "'Teach me your statutes. "'With my lips I have declared "'all the judgments of your mouth. "'I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. "'As much as are in all riches, "'I will meditate on your precepts "'and contemplate your ways. "'I will delight myself in your statutes. "'I will not forget your word. "'Gamel. "'Deal bountifully with your servant "'that I may live and keep your word. "'Open my eyes that I may see "'wondrous things from your law. "'I am a stranger in the earth.' Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke, rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove me f- from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes, and your testimonies are my, del- my delight and my counselors. Daleth, my soul clings to the dust, Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from the heavens. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted by fearing, to fearing you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Wah. Let your mercies come unto me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me for I trust in your word and I take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually forever and ever and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed and I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love and I will meditate on your statutes. Zion, remember the word to your servant upon, whom, upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. The proud have me in great derision yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comf- comforted myself. Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. This has become mine because I kept your precepts. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought about my ways, and I turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am, um, I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O oh Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Teth. You have dealt well with your servant, O oh Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than a thousand, than thousands of coins of gold and silver, yod. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. I know, O oh Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let I, let I pray your merc, merciful kindness be for my comfort according to your word to your servant. Let your tender mercies come to me that I might live. For your law is my delight. For the, let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood. But I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, those who know your testimonies. Let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Calf. My soul faints for your salvation. My hope in your word. My eyes fail from searching your words, saying, When will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Lamed. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You established the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances. For all your servants, unless your law had been my delight, I would have then perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Mem, oh how I love your law, that is my meditation all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than all the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate, Every false way, none. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your judgment, your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have pit- taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. Samech, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evil doers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your word that I might live and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up and I shall be safe and I shall observe your statutes continually. You reject all those who stray from your statutes for their deceit is falsehood. You put away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you and I am afraid of your judgments. Ayin. I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the proud oppress me. My eyes fail from seeking your salvation and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for you to act, O Lord for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. Peh. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted for I longed for your commandments. They look upon upon me and be merciful to me as your custom is towards those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Rivers of water run down my eyes, but men do not keep your law. Sad. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies, which you have commandment, are righteous and very faithful. My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments are my delights. The righteous, righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. Cough. I cry out with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I will cry to you. Save me and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. I hope in your word. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I might meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. They draw near who follow after after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. Resh. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great are your tender mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies, yet I do not turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and I am disgusted, because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O oh Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Shin. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteous. Let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise you. And let your judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your
0: commandments. Amen. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m., On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.